And you really don't know how you're going to be the best until you start. So I always tell people, start creating something every single day. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody. It's David Allen flying solo for the first time here on the email marketing podcast. And today, we have a very special guest, Josh Muccio. He has his own podcast called The Pitch. Josh, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing really great. Thanks, David. That's awesome to have you on the show. I've uh, listened to a few of your uh, your podcasts. I've done a little research about you as an entrepreneur. It seems like you've had a few prior, uh, you know, a different podcast earlier. Yeah, I've done a and few stuff. Yeah, so you've been around for a bit, and uh, it's the first time I sort of heard of you, so it was, it was interesting sort of reading about you and uh, listening to some of your stuff. So what can you tell us about, uh, let's first start with the pitch, maybe, because uh, it's your current project, I presume, and yeah, and what that's about. Sure. So about a year ago, I was working on a different podcast. Uh, there was somebody that listened to the show that was an investor, and he had in his mind that it would be cool to have a podcast like the TV show Shark Tank, so he was an investor himself. And he reached out. So we ended up talking on the phone. It took about you know three or four months, but we decided, hey, let's do this thing. So this is actually about a year and a half ago now. Uh, we've done 50 episodes so far. That would have been season one of the show. But we never had anybody committing to invest real money on the show. And that's the whole premise of Shark Tank. And so I felt like <laughs> we were just kind of failing and letting people down right off the bat. So we kind of drew a line in the sand last October. Uh, we stopped recording new episodes and we just planned this event. And we had uh, 12 startups come in. We found four or five investors who would commit to invest, invest in an hour. And we did it. We recorded an entire season. I don't know when this episode is going to go live, but those episodes won't start airing till January 11th, 2017. Okay, awesome, brother. Yeah, this will probably right be right about the same time, I imagine. If, uh, wow, perfect. <laughs> so it should be a good co coinciding. Now, I was looking through some of the episodes you guys had up online, <clears throat> and there's some very interesting uh, products. Tank, and uh, I'm from Canada originally, so I've watched Dragon's Den and yeah. some of the other uh, associated uh, shows. And uh, yeah, maybe tell us about some of the interesting and uh, weird products, because I just scrolled through some and I listened to some of the episodes, and it was some very interesting uh, stuff going on there. Uh, email encryption for healthcare yeah. was one that sort of caught my eye as an email marketer. So uh, maybe maybe talk about a few of those exciting things. So we've had a whole variety of, of um, companies on the show so far. They tend to focus on tech because um, my co-host and co-founder is uh, based in San Francisco, Shilmanat. He works at uh, 500 Startups as a partner there. And uh, he didn't when we first started the show. So uh, I guess the show's working for him. Um, <laughs> we, so we've had lots of tech deal flow come through the show, and that's been real interesting. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of, kind of scroll through. I mean, we've had um, a company that's building something that's like competition for, oh, shoot, what was the name of that app? Um, it, it, like track expenses and miles automatic. MileIQ is a, is a right. company. Everlance or something, yeah. too. Was it yeah. So, yeah, email encryption for healthcare. Um, that's the one you that's saw. Really cool. That's a good idea. Um, we've even had somebody that's like 
creating this laptop where you plug in your Android phone and instead of it you know, running its own operating system, it just boots up the operating system on your phone uh, and then puts like a layer, uh, uh, essentially a, a UI layer uh, for desktop on it. So um, it's kind of targeting people in third world countries that have Android phones but can't afford a computer, which is just really, you know, very interesting to think about. But I mean, yeah, like there's been a bunch, bunch of different episodes. We had Dollar Beard Club. Okay. If you're familiar with, you know, yep. Dollar Shave Club, this is kind of the antithesis to that. And uh, that was a real interesting episode. And uh, I don't want to give too much away, but the response from investors would not wasn't what you'd think it would be after you listened to the episode. <laughs> I'll have to check that one out. That's one I missed, I think. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so when you first were starting this up, you had you as you and the co-founder, the guy who's now with the 500 startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys wanted to make a Shark Tank podcast, for lack yeah. of a better I mean, sounds fun, right? Yeah. No, I, that's when I first heard about it. We guys, thought it sounded fun. Yeah. You guys reached out to John. I thought, oh, this, this is an exciting thing. I'd like to hear more about this because I hadn't heard about it. And uh, yeah, so how did you, you know, when you first decided, okay, we're going to do this, you had contacts already within the startup community and so forth? So Shield did um, because right. he's based in San Francisco. He His first company, he sold to PayPal. Then he started another company that did the... This is super interesting. So you know all those uh, new top-level domains that came out? Maybe it was three across the past three years, essentially, uh, .club, .app, .xyz, .enterprise, like uh, there's hundreds of them. Well, you could apply at any point in time, I think, to like essentially make up your own. I think it was make up your one. I don't, I don't know if there were just a certain amount available or if you could just apply for any word. Um, but I think the cost was like $150,000 to apply. Um, and so you could do that. And then if nobody else applied, you would own it. So then you could sell .app, for example, domain names on across all the registries, rake in all the money. And all you paid was a hundred, you know, hundred fifty thousand dollars to ICANN, the company that, or uh, I don't know what they're called, but the uh, entity yeah, that handles all that stuff. Here. Yes. So that was um, so he essentially. But if there were multiple parties that wanted that, ICANN would say, "All right, figure it out amongst yourselves." Well, that that didn't always work. So he essentially launched a company that um, handled it. It was like an online. Uh, reverse bidding, real interesting uh, stuff. I don't fully understand it, to be honest. Uh, and then he sold that company. So he's been kind of angel investing out in San Francisco for a while before he joined 500. So I say all that to say he's just, he's been in it. He's been in the in the mix for a while now. So he, he had quite a few contacts to kind of help us get the show off the ground. Now, when you first started with your, was the original podcast, it was called, uh, well, better Daily Hunt. Head. Yeah, Daily Hunt, right. Yeah. Uh, how did you get started with that? What made you decide to do a podcast? What were you doing? What were you doing at the time that you decided to jump into the podcast? Sure. So we're kind of going. Yeah, we're going through my story in reverse, which which I've never done that before. This this is interesting. So Daily Hunt uh, was a project I started that because of a dream. This sounds super weird, but I, I woke up, um, or I had a dream that morning, and I woke up and it was like, oh, a daily podcast. Uh, like I should do a daily podcast about the website Product Hunt, uh, which uh, is a cool tech website. Lots of products get upvoted to it. This is a couple of years ago. And I, f- I I was like obsessed with the website, checking it out every day, like super involved in the community. And so, but there, the idea of creating a podcast for someone else's thing sounded fun, but like 
who does daily podcast. So he tweeted at the founder of Product Hunt, Ryan Hoover, the guy's super uh, accessible on Twitter. And he says, you should do it. He's like, you do it. And I'm like, what? And so I made sure I was like, can I use the name Daily Hunt, even though your website's called Product Hunt? And he was like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Uh, and so literally that day, and that's just kind of how I, you, you mentioned, I think before we turn this on, that you like to just dive right into things and then figure out the details later. And that's essentially what I did. But it's kind of a, a tribute to what's possible today. The fact that I spun up a website, you know, dailyhunt.co, um, and essentially bought hosting for the podcast, recorded the podcast that afternoon and published it that evening. So, you know, from dream to like a real, you know, live podcast in less than 24 hours. So that's awesome. Yeah. It, this show ended up not going anywhere at all. Uh, unfortunately it, it, it didn't pan out. Um, so that was one of the reasons when, when Sheil reached out about doing the shark tank podcast, I was, um, I was definitely interested in, in trying something different to see and, and truly, within the first you know twenty four hours of that new podcast, we'd had more downloads of of the first preview episode than we ever ever had of i don't I don't think there was any episode that even came to half half that um of of the previous show daily hunt so uh yeah that's that, that was kind of what got me into podcasting in the first place that's awesome so it was very basically you found a starving crowd people that were into the startups uh were much we're looking for something clearly because it your podcast uh, the pitch it just jumped right up the charts kind of thing yeah and uh gave you the uh, fame and fortune you have now <laughs> yeah, fame, <laughs> fame and fortune if that's what you want to call it <laughs> so t- let's talk more about how because you like most people who podcast myself included you sort of quickly find out that the podcasting itself although you may be able to monetize it in sort of a long game, perhaps with sponsorships or other things like that, that most of the people have made money in podcasting through productizing their services, whatever it is they do. So that's what you guys did with the pitch. You came up with some sort of... You talking about our coaching? Yeah. You came up with pitch coaching. Yeah. You know, and and our goal, honestly, is I I don't want to hawk very much of our own stuff on the show because by nature, the show is companies coming on and hawking their stuff. Now, they're not you know, like pitching it necessarily to the listeners, they're pitching it to an investor. So it's it's a very interesting conversation. It's a very interesting way to hear about a company that's unique in itself. So I'm cutting it a little bit short by saying people are hawking their own stuff because it's it certainly doesn't feel like that when you listen to the show. But there's enough like, hey, here's this new product, check, you know, here's what we do, um, that it doesn't feel right to then, oh, hey, I'm the maker of this podcast, also check out my thing. And so we kind of wanted to to step back from that a little bit. And that's why we focused mainly on sponsorships. And that's been our main revenue stream. Uh, we will occasionally in an, an episode say, you know, if you need help uh, crafting your messaging to investors, um, you know, we can help you get out of your own head and, and, and do that effectively. And essentially, um, I mean, we can go into more details if, if you're curious, but uh, that's the kind of, but it wasn't, we didn't really set out to become, pitch experts. It's just there was enough people um, who naturally were like asking for help with that. You know, by listening to the show, they wanted to to learn more. So that's what we did. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of our audience is uh, freelance copywriters and, uh, you know, new business people, people in the throes of maybe starting their own, you know, startup perhaps or solopreneur idea. And when it comes down to pitching things that, you know, it's, you find a lot of cross- referenced you know when you're pitching different whether it's pitching something on the street like a, i'm a street magician or it's 
pitching something at a fair or it's pitching, uh, you know, the miracle the brush at a shopping mall or whatever it is. <laughs> okay. They all have a lot of the same tactics and, and strategies. Uh, what have you learned about pitching some of these in, for investing, which is a kind of a whole different arena? What, what have you learned personally uh, that you can pass along to some of our people who, of course, have to pitch clients and so forth for, uh, you know, marketing uh, strategy and so forth? Yeah, I think I think the first thing people need to understand is that it's it's really all about the audience of who you're talking to. And this is going to obviously um, apply no matter who you're talking to, is, is where are they coming from? What are they interested in? And investors, they need to understand the opportunity of what you're building. So not really the product necessarily. They have to understand the product first and what this thing is, what this widget is. Um, but, but they have to understand what it means long term and why this is so huge for them. And... Uh, Tech investors, venture capitalists are our unique bunch, particularly because they're looking for uh, they're looking for the outliers. They're looking for the Ubers. They're looking for the next Facebook. And so, you know, for them, they're looking for how big can this thing get? And right. once you start seeing it through that lens, it changes how you talk about your product because the kind of the death trap that most pitches fall into is, oh, we're building this thing for this specific type of person that does this and it just it it sounds too small but most products initially are small and they need to be that way they need to be focused so there's it's it's how you're supposed to build companies but it doesn't translate well to a pitch so when you sit in front of somebody and you pitch them you need to say this is our big vision this is how big you know this can get here's how big the market is um and right now we're starting here we're starting with this you know, here's our beachhead essentially into this market uh, with this product that we've created, that that sort of thing. And so that's kind of a basic um, overview of what, you know, most people can do to kind of um, enhance their pitch. Yeah, that sounds great. It is the same uh, when you're pitching clients on, on marketing strategy or copywriting services or whatever, because really a lot of people, unfortunately, like you said, and I'm, like you said, you've seen yourself, they're pitching the, what we'd say, the features of the product. You know, they're pitching like it does this, it does, you know, this widget that it grinds this up or walks <laughs> across water or whatever. But in reality, you know, really big, bigger idea is the value that it brings, of course. Yeah. And so the same uh, with copywriting services, is, you know, it brings a lot of value to people because uh, not only solve the problem of selling widget to whoever but it also it can go on for years at infinitum selling your pro where you don't have to have salespeople or whatever it's going to do the selling for you and so forth and you see people make this mistake all the time where they're trying to push how great this widget is instead of what it can do so what the problem it solves or yeah that's really great you personally that you got this pitch you got this new season coming up of the pitch you're going to release these new episodes now this was made at an event you're saying this is uh yeah i i say event just to say we brought everybody together in the same room but this was a private event so uh we didn't want to optimize for the people in the room we wanted to optimize for the listening audience later um and it was just too many variables the first time it's possible that we will open it up um it will probably be a paid event on you know so semi-private in the end but but at this first one it was it was completely private just the four investors and the uh, the founder in a room, and then uh, the you know tech guy and me, the producer in another room, listening in, 
And uh, actually, there was there are a few other people, um, miscellaneous people listening in too. But yeah, it was a really interesting. I, I had just met the guy, the tech guy, that morning. You know, before we recorded uh, the, the entire season, so it was pretty nuts. Let's <laughs> well, so you, you, you seem to follow the. Uh to jump off the ledge and build the parachute on the way down. I <laughs> yeah. Too. Well, we tried to plan as much as we could ahead of time. My wife's an event planner. I really leaned heavy on her for that. But awesome. at, the, at the end of the day, we had to kind of just show up and figure all the details out. Now, in terms of finding uh, your friend, your co-founder, and for people who are else who are looking to find people to help start stuff with, how did you guys meet? And what, what, what do you recommend if people are looking to get into a community like that and start something that, like you have? How do you meet these kind of people? Where do they hang out? Where do they go? So, I mean, this is kind of a, this is an outlier. The fact that I, I met Sheil because he, I didn't meet him in person until we went out to record the first season by that point, or, you know, a few, a first few episodes of the first season. And, and we'd already decided to, to do this thing at that point. I mean, it was just a couple of conversations. He met me, reached out to me because of the podcast I was doing. So um, I'd say the lesson there is is really you know, actually pushing publish and doing things uh, to put yourself out there. You're not, you know, you could say that, you could say that by going to events, you know, locally, you could say that um, by, you know, blogging, if that's something you can do. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways to put yourself out there, right? Like, right. even emailing a bunch of people, uh, that may be less effective, because it's, uh, you know, hard to get, well, I get. I don't know. That'd be an interesting topic to explore. How would you find a co-founder via email outreach? You know, <laughs> I've never seen that email from somebody yet. Hey, Josh, I need a co-founder for what I'm building. I thought of you. <laughs> would you like to schedule a quick call to see if we're soulmates? Yeah, you'll be you'll be on my list now. If I yeah, ever undertake that. So yeah, that's that, no, that's a good point. I think uh, I've gotten jobs from meetups. You know, from even from meetup.com, from meetups based on there from networking events I was aware of because, you know, the different niches and stuff. And, you know, the podcast for me, I have my own podcast and now I'm working with John on his. And already it's returning uh, some dividends in terms of people getting to know who you are and what you offer. And so it's basically just getting some content of some kind out into the world that doesn't have to be uh, 18 different kinds. I think people have to get bogged down. Like for you personally, because you've started a number of things now and you've worked on a number of uh, different podcasts and uh, for you, how did you keep the momentum going forward and not get bogged down? Soon people get bogged down with analysis and trying to make everything perfect. You told me, uh, you know, you basically went the the Daily Hunt podcast that you started with. You got it all done in one day and was published. It's obviously someone taking massive action. How do you stop yourself from being the perfectionist? Um, I don't know that I do. And yeah. to be honest, season two is actually an effort to to get closer to that perfection. Um, we've kind of made a, we're probably that quality over quantity uh, side of that coin. Um, we're really betting on, you know, creating shorter content that's um, way more interesting rather than lots more content that's necessarily less interesting. So, um, and there's obviously use cases for both, but tips as far as how to be less perfectionistic and how to just push publish, I think there's a limit in my mind, for me, like we already committed season two is going to start January 11th. And so by doing that, I'm going to get it to a certain point on January 11th, and it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be way <laughs> closer to perfect than anything we've done before. And it's hopefully going to, you know, really drive the needle for us. But 
at the end of the day, because I've set that date and because I'm talking to people like you about that date and that's, you know, something that's, it's real. And so at the end of the day, on the, on the 11th, uh, hopefully actually earlier on in the day, um, we're going to push publish on that episode and it's not going to be perfect, but I'm going to push publish. Yeah. So that's maybe, maybe one of the things you're looking at in terms of, you said a, a deadline, having a deadline is something that that's helped me in the past. Cause usually on a copy job or something, there is a definite deadline. If you're working for a client, I think for my own personal stuff, I probably had more problems in that regard because of the lack of a deadline. When I was doing my own podcast, I, I tried to do that by setting it like I'm going to record it every Monday, you know, Yeah, and put it out every Tuesday. So it was kind of one of those things where you had to, you got to force yourself into some sort of little box to make sure. And, and that becomes routine as yeah. well. I think you have to do it, especially as an entrepreneur, um, b- because you don't have somebody else reaching over your, you know, looking over your shoulder and saying, here's your schedule. Here's what we need done by this time. You kind of have to be that, that mean boss uh, to, to a certain extent. I mean, depending on who you are, some, some people drive themselves way, way too hard. Um, but for me, you know, I need those deadlines. So, I mean, for us, once that happens January 11th, there's another episode going dropping the following Wednesday and the following Wednesday after that. So we'll be on a very quick uh, episode release cycle. Um, well, th- relatively quick. Some some shows obviously quite a bit more, but for our show, that's that's going to be a challenge. Um, but it'll be good. Right now, for your particular uh, podcast, are you doing all the editing and so forth? You got other people helping you out. So that's a v- that has been the most challenging part. I don't come from a public radio background. I'm an entrepreneur. And so thought obviously the Shark Tank podcast would be a really cool thing to do. So, but I've learned very, I've become keenly aware of of how much I don't know in this space. So when we made the leap to try to create season two, after we recorded it, one of the things I did is reached out to as many people in the industry that I respect, shows that I love, like Radio Lab, Reply All, uh, what's the other one? How Sound. Um, there's a bunch of really good, well-produced shows that I knew that we could benefit from if we just learned a little bit from them. And so reaching out to them and saying, who, how, who can you, who can I work with? Like essentially saying, I need to bring on another producer on the show. I need to bring on an editor. I need to, all these different things, which I didn't know what to ask for in the beginning. I just was saying, hey, I need help. And uh, they connected me with people in the industry. And so right now we've got two producers working with us and an editor. And I still do the final mixing because that's something I've gotten quite good at uh, myself. Someday we will have someone that we will find someone who's better than me at mixing these episodes. And uh, I'll stop doing that. But for now, for season two, um, I'm going to be mixing them. So Awesome. Awesome, dude. No, that sounds good. I think everyone sort of reaches that point too where they realize they require help and and it's hard to relinquish for some people uh, myself included hard to relinquish some of those reins because like you said you want to you have a certain i you know ideology in your mind and a certain probably standard and yeah. it's hard to find people to meet your own standards sometimes you know and i've always preached that as long as you can get within let's say five percent i mean that's you know kind of a yeah. arbitrary number but within five percent of like what you could hit like that's good. Like you have to accept something less than perfect when, when you outsource anything for the most part or delegate anything. Um, the the problem for me is when it's when it's more than that five percent, and it's really hard for me. But you also knowing that you have to train that person over time, and maybe they can get closer to that five percent. Um, 
I don't know, for some reason, it's been harder for me in the, building this podcast than anything else to really uh, let go of certain pieces. Um, but the actual episode planning, having an editor look over my shoulder and say like, <laughs> no, this narration is not working at all. Or this section of tape is like, just cut it out because it's people are going to drop off when they're listening to it. Things like that, that I just need secondary opinion on from people who know this stuff more than I do. That's been great because that's an area I've been weak on. So yeah, knowing, knowing your strengths, you know, I, I found out that I'm actually pretty good at mixing podcasts. Who knew? <laughs> now, where do you see this going from here? Where, where's the pitch going to take you in the future? Uh, good question. You know, we're kind of in the middle of this decision. Uh, I think we have high hopes for season two and we'd like to continue. So obviously, uh, w- well, we, we've actually sold out all of our ads for the entire season up front. And that's something we did to help finance the show, to kind of cast the vision. And it helped us get with, uh, you know, someone we can essentially call a partner for this next season. And, and that's proved to be extremely beneficial. I think it's going to work out really well for them. But we've locked in our income potential for this next season. And that's a lot of times how you do sell sponsorships um, on podcasts is, is up front. Um, so we'll have another opportunity to renegotiate, to raise our prices, to you know, um, reach out to new sponsors after we know how season two is going. So we're going to continue doing this show, assuming uh, things go well, um, assuming response to season two as well is good. But then we, we do also have ambitions to create essentially the premier podcasting network for entrepreneur style shows. So for small business people, um, people interested in entrepreneurship, you know, that's a very, I I don't know what the percentage is, but there's a lot of shows in the business category, a lot more than a lot of the other, you know, categories, but there really isn't a podcast network that's focused on finding the best of these shows and, you know, curating them in one place. And um, podcast discovery, as I'm sure you know, is, is a real challenge. So, uh, it's something we've got on the roadmap. Um, I do feel that we need to figure out a few more things um, in this in the world of podcasting before we can have a definitive edge um, on the space. But it's I can't say anything just yet. But it's uh, something we're we're thinking about. Awesome. Uh, now, if you had to give our audience, you know, who are entrepreneurs mostly, uh, a single piece of advice that you feel like you've been given and that that worked you know, for you or that is particularly profound or, or, whatever, or whatever you want to think about it, uh, what would that piece of advice be? So it's, it's actually a kind of a combination of a few things that I try to live my life by. Number one, it was inspired by a book called The Slight Edge. And the principle of this book is it's small things done every single day that lead to a highly successful life. This, this is probably the best example of the book. Uh, it's one of those business books that's extremely repetitive. So uh, but but the lesson of the book is so good if, if you can digest it. So for example, you're 20 years old and you go to, you to, go, go to lunch with a coworker and every day you have a hamburger, but the guy next to you doesn't. They get something healthier, whatever that thing is. You are gonna, there's going to be very little difference between that, you and that person, um, possibly for 10 or 15, maybe even 20 years. But 25, 30 years down the road, there will be a massive difference in the one person's health who's eating the hamburger every day. And this applies in so many different areas, whether it's relationships or professionally. And so for me, I'm trying to find those small things that I can do every single day, um, whether it's you know reading something that's going to challenge me or listening to a podcast 
Or this is probably the best piece of advice I have to give someone who's wanting to get to break into to you know some sort of online business is to create something every single day. And yes, creating something could be a page of something much larger. It doesn't you don't have to finish it that day, but spend some time creating something because ultimately you're trying to add value to somebody somewhere. And so you have to do more of that. And even if you don't have it figured out, if you even if you don't have the thing, the end game figured out, um, a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to figure out the end game, the overall strategy, and how are they going to be the best. And you really don't know how you're going to be the best until you start. So I always tell people, start creating something every single day. And if it is something you can push publish on, like a small blog post or you know a, a podcast episode or something like that, that then great, because you're going to be setting in motion um, things that down the road will um, cause the next thing to appear. Because um, let's not be naive and assume that the genius idea we have right now is the ultimate idea, because it's probably not. It's probably not going to be the thing that takes you to the top. So Awesome. No, that's really great advice. Now, if people want to give uh, get a hold of you, Josh, uh, where should they go? So my name is spelled J-O-S-H-M-U-C-C-I-O, and that is my username on Twitter, on Facebook. And of course, you can check out The Pitch at thepitch.fm, or just search for the show in iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, or you can shoot me an email. Uh, if you have something personal you want to share, it's josh at thepitch.fm. Awesome. Thank you very much. It's Josh Muccio. You heard him here on the Email Marketing Podcast. It's been great having you on the show, Josh. You gave a lot of good information. Thank you, David. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, and I really wish you the best uh, in your future endeavors, especially with uh, Season 2 coming out on January 11th. Hey, thanks. I am a bit bummed, though. I was expecting to to learn a magic trick. <laughs> well, we'll have to do an episode, perhaps, where we delve into, uh, now that I'm flying some of these solo, I'll probably have to uh, include some of that uh, future ones. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it should be an email magic trick. Like, you know, instead of tips for email marketing, how about a magic trick for email marketing? Well, there's a lot we can learn about. Uh, by studying deception, there's a lot you can learn about marketing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hey, good. We'll, uh, we'll hear you next time on the Email Marketing Podcast. Thanks to Josh again, and we'll be back next week. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.